Now, we must all fear evil men. But there is another kind of evil which we must fear most. And that is the indifference of good men. This is a Voice in the Wilderness podcast channel. Today's episode is part of character is not just knowing what you should do, but doing it. But first a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. All that I am, all that I have, all that I do shall be consecrated to the service, honor, and glory, and exaltation of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and the Heavenly Kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray, Immaculate Heart of Mary, please pray for us. Sacred Heart of Jesus, please pray for us. Amen. Okay, so... Over the past couple days... Now, I have been avoiding doing this. Um, when I first started a voice in the wilderness, I'm sorry, um, St. Longinus's baptism, I used to go over previous episodes to kind of listen to the stuff that I'd previously done to, to make technical tweaks. And to um, and to find things that I had either missed or messed up and to make the appropriate corrections. Now for the past, I'll just say for the past month, maybe two months, I've been, I haven't been doing that. So over the past couple of days, the Lord put it in me to go ahead and go back and listen to some of my newer episodes that I've been doing. And it occurred to me, not on all of them, but on certain episodes, I, I even, even I myself could see that I was being extremely harsh. And... I'm not going to make excuses. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to try to excuse it. However, at the same time, I'm not going to apologize for it either. Because honestly speaking, Because a lot of people, not all people, but a lot of people have been indulged and, let's just be honest, spoiled through their life. Um, your approach has got to be that you're dispassionate when you need to be dispassionate and you're harsh when you need to be harsh. So, I'm going to be honest enough to admit that there have been episodes where even I thought, wow, that's hard. But I'm not going to apologize for those. And 
I'm going to stand by what I said in an earlier episode of A Voice in the Wilderness, which was, I'm, I'm not here to entertain you. You know, as I said in the earlier episode, there, there are thousands of podcasts if you want to be entertained. I'm, I'm here to try to get you to understand the importance of your final destination and the importance of your immortal soul. And if you can't recognize that fact, that's not on me, that's on you. But I'm, I'm not going, you know, I'm not here to entertain. I'm here to inform. And I'm also, you know, in keeping with my uh, core concept, you know, one of the reasons that I rail and make, you know, I, I'm, I rail and am harsh on modern day society is, is we got a bunch of self-entitled, spoiled, softest marshmallow people running around that even if you're being dispassionate, they can't handle, you know, a message that they don't want to hear. So, having said that, part, I do realize because, you know, uh, I'm in my 50s, so, and uh, believe it or not, like I said, I haven't had an adventurous life, but I've had a very interesting life. When I say by interesting, I mean I have a wide variety of experiences. Now, there's a difference between having a wide variety of experiences and leading an adventurous life. And in my experiences, I have come across people who ranted and railed about the character about the people of American society. And I'm not going to get into a whole big thing um, about, you know, that they're, where they were coming at it from the wrong perspective because for right now, I'm going to content myself to say and when I say this, the, the people in particular I'm talking about it were around, it was around the 90s. So we're talking 30 years ago, but I, I'm, I'm not, you know, it's not the, uh, it's not part of this podcast where I'm, I'm going to talk about where they were coming at it from the wrong perspective. For this episode, I, I'm going to say, that they were absolutely right to criticize the culture and society of the 90s from a moral standpoint. Well, yeah, moral, yeah. Basically, some of the people I'm thinking of were talking about character and the lack of it. And... 
looking back on it, especially in the 90s, and, and I was blind to it because I wasn't trying. I mean, from my own perspective, even though I was a hedonistic pagan, there were aspects of me where I tried to have my own sense of character. And I know that sounds kind of weird, kind of contradictory, but it isn't. Because some of the people that I had met coming up, you know, as a kid had taught me aspects of character. Now, of course, when you're 12 or 13 years old, you're too dumb to know that they're teaching you aspects of character. But because I really respected these people, I took a lot of what they taught me and I put it into practice in my own life even though um, you know what a lot of people call morality you know um, I, I wasn't practicing that but I, I did have a sense of character and I don't want to get too deep into a academic discussion about the difference between morality and character they do kind of interrelate at the same token though they are two separate things and where morality and character especially separate is if you are a non-true catholic because as I have stated ad nauseum through both of my podcasts, modern day society has, has made people compartmentalize. They, they compartmentalize um, religion from character. Um, everything is compartmentalized. And part of being a hypocrite is is when everything that makes you who you are, when you compartmentalize everything. In other words, there's the political you, there's the intellectual you, there's the religious you, there's the character you, and they're all separated. They're not, they're not integrated. Which brings me to another point. The beauty, if you're, if you're sincere and devout about your true Catholic religion, the beauty of that is, is that pre-Vatican II Catholicism, you're supposed, everything about you, just like the, the, the Trinity in and of itself is undivided, your personality should be undivided. So what I'm trying to say is your character, your intellect, your belief, um, your intellect, everything is supposed to be integrated, not compartmentalized. And once again, I think I'm going to need 
to explain what I mean by the term compartmentalized. What I what I mean by compartmentalized is, um, let's just say you are a pre-Vatican II Catholic, but you save your beliefs and your behavior for Sunday or whenever it is you have Mass, and, you know, that's, that's the, the Catholic you. Uh, Monday through Friday, you go to your job, and that's your job you. Um, your political stances, let's just say you're a based and red pill conservative. Well, there's... There's that, your political aspect of you, but that political aspect of you doesn't necessarily match up with your behavior when you're on the job. So compartmentalization just means that you hold certain values and beliefs but it doesn't necessarily come out in your day-to-day existence, if that makes sense. And for the love of all that is holy, I hope it does, because it's as simple as I can make it. Anyhow, the beauty of pre-Vatican II Catholicism is Everything that makes you who you are as a person is supposed to be unified. And not only is it supposed to be unified, it's supposed to be... Well, I'm just going to quote a line from... uh, Lord Jesus in the Gospels, he says you don't put a candle underneath a a basket. Meaning that if you have a core set of beliefs, you don't leave it hidden. You don't hide it. You let it, you let those core beliefs that you have shine out to the rest of the world. And If your core beliefs, you know, bring you into conflict with the world around you, you take those consequences. So in short, what I'm saying is that that has been a a theme that is run through both of my podcasts. Is that if you consider yourself a pre-Vatican II Catholic, or honestly speaking, I've often said that, you know, if you're an atheist or agnostic or you're completely secular, the things I'm talking about, you don't necessarily need to be religious to practice them. Once again, this is part of, if if you don't, if, if you, if you don't want to acknowledge Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this is just what is known as good character. 
Now, I'm going to put this disclaimer on. I haven't changed my message. I'm absolutely going to tell you flatly that if you do not have the right religion, your progress is going to... Yeah, your progress is going to be shallow and it's not going to be long lasting. Because without the the spirit of God in you, nothing you do is going to be lasting or deep. That is the only way you can reform your life is by having the last religion. Once again, that has also been a a theme throughout both of my podcasts. Although, as I said, with a voice in the wilderness, I'm basically giving overviews of things that I've already talked about in my prior podcast. Now, to you, it may seem like I, I may seem like an old woman nagging at you, which is fine. I don't care. The reason I'm quote unquote nagging at you is because if if you're just listening to a voice in the wilderness for whatever reason you are without the intention of digging deeper beyond the message and when I say digging deeper beyond the message as and I state this we're at I think episode 18 18 episodes I say throughout for a deeper dive into whatever subject I have to go to the first, the first, uh, the original uh, podcast. Now I'm going to get into that aspect later, but for right now, um, the <laughs> not. Everything, like I said, everything that I say is integrated. You just have to have the wisdom to see it. Now, going back to the character aspect. One of the things that the moralistic neocons of the 90s used to say is having good character is doing the right thing when nobody's looking. And on on a shallow, natural level, that's very true. That's very true. However, on a spiritual level, Having character, and I'm talking about true spiritual character, is practicing in private what you truly believe and realizing, not getting puffed up, not thinking you're God's gift to humanity, but actually humbling yourself and realizing you have a lot to work to do as a person. That's the bottom line. You have a lot. We all do, by the way. And one other thing. It occurred to me, I probably don't say this often enough. Or maybe I do. But I can't assume that I have regular listeners. So I'm just going to repeat this concept. I do realize 
I really do realize that I come across sometimes as a very self-righteous person. But because, number one, this show is not about me. And number two, um, honestly speaking, number two, this isn't my public confession. Um, this, this isn't my public confession podcast. None of them are, uh, neither one of them are. And and I'm just going to be flat out honest to those of you who somehow feel like I owe you an apology or I owe you something. My, my general attitude in life, in this life is I don't owe anyone on this earth And I don't care if it's the American government, Joe Biden, Klaus Schwab, anybody, anybody on this earth, an explanation or apology for anything. You want an apology? You want a confession? Go pound sand. That's my bottom line. I don't owe you crap. I don't owe anyone crap. The only person that I answer to is my priest because he is Christ's representative on earth. So yes, I confess to him and I confess to the Lord Jesus and the Blessed Mother. The rest of you can go pound sand. I don't owe you crap. And if somehow you're under the mistaken impression I owe you anything, you're going to be sorely disappointed because you're not going to get it. And honestly speaking, or yeah, honestly speaking, if you are trying to get, or I'm sorry, if you're trying to practice pre-Vatican II Catholicism, when you get to a certain spiritual point, you're going to get to this attitude because it is a necessary attitude In spiritual maturity. Now, because we are all people, my the version that my version of it obviously is going to be different from what yours may be or somebody else's may be, because we are individuals. And to illustrate what I'm trying to tell you here, I forget which saint it was, but there was a saint who said something along these lines. Don't care what other people think. God, the saints, and the Blessed Mother are your public. These are the only people that you have to please. Obviously, because it's me, I'm kind of massacring the quote but I've got the the core concept correct so if you're if you're living for the Lord Jesus the saints and the blessed mother if you're maturing in the spiritual life the way you should be by By nature itself, it cannot be any other way. In other words, your attitude is going to, you're going to come to this attitude. 
Now, some of you are going to think, well, I'm married. I have a wife. I have a kid. Um, you know, I, I have to care, you know, what, what they think. And I'm just going to say to that thought, it's not completely invalid. It is true. However... However, where that thought is wrong is if your kids are acting like little heathen a-holes, if you have the correct spiritual attitude, you're going to call them out. Not only are you going to call them out, you're going to punish them. If your wife wants you to do something that goes against... Uh, the pre-Vatican II Council Catholicism, you're going to tell her no. And as a matter of fact, because traditional um, sex roles are one of the things that modern society attacks, if you are the husband, you are going to be the leader. In no uncertain terms, you are going to be the leader. And if you're the wife, you know, and once again, when I say these things, I do realize we are products and creatures of our times. We have been brainwashed from our mother's milk that men and women are the same. They're on the same level. And that if you're a man and you try to uh, lead your wife, that somehow... Um, you're 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 a male chauvinist pig or or you hate women or blah 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 and if you're a woman and you truly try to be submissive to your husband that you're a doormat you're weak you're not really a woman to get back to my original statement or not statement uh the, the core concepts that I touch on why do you think I hammer so, so very hard? Part of being a true Catholic means we're to strip ourselves of what we've been brainwashed into accepting. We're to strip ourselves of what we've been um, propagandized into thinking. We are to um, fight against and reject Everything that is natural about us that does not comport to Lord Jesus's moral character and spiritual standards as laid out by the pre-Vatican II Council Catholic Church. Another word, you know, like I said, if my if my buddy that I talk to is listening, and I hope you do get around to listening to this, I do realize that the, you know, the, that yes, this the same themes be keep getting hit up. You're absolutely right about this. I came to the realization this morning. The reason why this is, is because I, 
when when people when people are either ignorant, obstinate, or not living in reality, you have to keep you just you have to keep repeating the concepts that that they need to understand or hopefully will come to understand in order for them to come to the correct wisdom. So there was a reason I I transferred listener mailbag to this uh, podcast platform because um someday someday if I have any regular listeners you will come to the realization that I say what I mean and when I said in my little uh podcast note about wanting to have interaction with my audience you know someday you will come to understand this I say what I mean and I meant that I meant what I said so if I can get people who are regular listeners who can see what I'm saying is true realize the wisdom of it now, I'm, I'm not talking about agreeing with the way I come across. The way I'm coming across doesn't matter. What matters is, is what I'm saying true and is there wisdom behind it? That's all that matters. And if you can see the wisdom and you can see the truth, then... If you start emailing me and and try to put into practice once again um a a a, a truth or a wisdom is going to do no do you no good if you do not put this into practice you know um I I could I could I could sit around listening to podcasts or or um, traditional Catholic uh, books on audio about uh, the things you need to change in your spiritual life in order to grow uh, spiritually. But if I just listen and I don't put them into practice, guess what? It's useless. I'm just wasting my own time. If I'm not attempting to put those truths into practice. And this is one area that I, I, I can honestly say I have not stressed enough. Now there are certain people who may be regular listeners who would say, well you have. But honestly speaking, just given my impressions on... On my message, I don't think that I have been stressing this enough. I honestly don't. Because part of character, and like I said, you know, um, you can have secular character um, and try to practice it. 
And by the way, you know, once again, I'm not, I'm not talking out my butt. You know, I was once a very hedonistic heathen with some character. I just got done admitting that. But without the correct religion, you're going to be no better than a hypocrite. Because you're, you're, you're not integrated. But anyway, so part of having character is living what you believe. And part of the reason why I get so brutal and harsh on, you know, just, just to use an example, these red-pilled and based uh, conservative, you know, podcasters is, once again, another concept if you're new to this channel, you're going to have to get used to. If I give an example, I'm not saying everybody's like that. I'm saying a certain segment. A certain segment is like this. And they are. But they'll sit and, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll go for about 40 minutes to an hour telling people, well, you should do this. You should work out. You should work out. You should gain confidence. You should get the hot wife. Blah, 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 blah. And in their own life, they have no character. They're not practicing what they preach. And a lot of people are going to say, well, that's presumption. How do you know? If you can't get the conception that part of wisdom is being able to discern when a person, a person, here's, here's the concept that everybody would be, could get, uh, to get to know. Um, you can mean something sincerely. You can say something sincerely, but because our wills are corrupted, just because you say it sincerely does not mean you're necessarily practicing what you're preaching. And I've said this about the um, the neo-reactionaries. And this, this is when I was a complete another heathen. I could see this. That their only beef with modern society was that they weren't running modern society. And if you had the wisdom to see that, it was as plain as the nose on your face. Now, as far as the sincerity of the guy saying it, in all charity, because, because you know, I don't know these guys personally, I, I got to give them some charity and say they probably sincerely sincerely meant what they were saying when they said it and they probably still do but if you have the wisdom to see you can tell that even though they were being sincere if you wanted to drill down to what they were all about their main you know, they, they, they were literally like the, uh, 
social justice warriors that they were denouncing. That, you know, they're, the, the reason they're so buckered is because they're not the ones running society. And that's it. So, I get very harsh when people are dispensing advice and I could just tell by listening to them and once again, I'm not questioning their sincerity. I'm sure that they're sincere. But just bear in mind, you could be sincere as, 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 as you know, to, to, to what you think, you know, you, you could be as sincere as you think you're being, but because our wills, and I'm not disincluding myself from this, are corrupted, um, we, we're probably not living those convictions as well as they, as we should. Which, by the way, is another theme that runs through both of my podcasts. And in case I haven't made this clear, and Lord help me, I think I'm going to have to, every podcast, I'm going to have to make this statement. Everything that I talk about, even when I'm foaming at the mouth, I'm not excluding myself from. I've said in earlier episodes, this Both of my podcasts are as much for my benefit as yours. And when I say my benefit, I'm not talking about my benefit is is venting or, or, um, you know, I get some sort of self-satisfied satisfaction in, in telling people, well, you should do this, this, and this. When I say for my benefit, I mean, these are things that, number one, that I'm not, I'm not practicing to perfection, which is expected of us, and could use to work on. And that's another thing, too, to go back to what I was talking about a minute ago. Um, Part of of having character, and I'm using myself as an example, a lot of the stuff that that I say, well, we should be doing this, there's a reason why I say we, not you, we. I need to be doing it as well. However, the people that I was talking about who are being sincere and they're giving what they think is good advice, but they're not actually practicing it. Once again, the words, the words and the actions speak louder than anything else. For those of you who, you know, because I know the default setting to today's society is, is suspicion and distrust. I'm just going to say, when I recognize a fault, I'm still going to talk about it. And I'm still going to say, we need to work on this. 
But just because I say that does not mean that I'm not trying to work on it on my own time. Because I am. But to, to illustrate what I'm talking about, and I use the example of the based and red-pilled conservatives on social media... And this is a perfect example. Thank you, Lord Jesus, blessed mother. Thank you. When I was on the twatter about a, a month or two back, I got into a disagreement. It really wasn't an argument because I recognized in a couple posts that this person was blinded and obstinate in her viewpoint. But this person was sitting there whining and complaining that, oh, why should my tax money go, go to help uh, uh, people with their student debts? Number one, the student debts are government program. And if you, well, like it or not, the, you know, and I'm not saying I'm necessarily a big fan of this concept either. The federal, you know, there, there's a Murphy's Law that said, he who has the goals makes the rules. Who do you think controls the money system? It's the federal government. And if they're lending their money, and at the end of the day, they print the money. It is their money. You don't have to like it. Lord knows I'm not a fan, but they print the money. So if they are the ones who grant, you know, the, the citizens student loans and they decide that they want to use tax money and, and I, I'm not, I'm not. You know, I don't want to discuss the idiocy of this program. I just want to make the larger point. And they decide that some, you know, that these poor people who misled themselves into taking money from the Shylock that is the U.S. government, and they decide that, you know, hey, they want to give these people a break. It's their money. You know, a lot of people get this twisted. Well... It's my money. No, if you own gold bars, yes, that is your money. If you own silver bars, that is your money. If you own platinum bars, that is your money. If you own diamonds and jewels, that is yours. But if you are using government currency, and this, you know, a, 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 a relatively well-educated freshman in high school should be able to get this concept. If the government, if you're using government currency, it's the government's to do with what they want. You have no say in the matter. And if you're living under delusion, oh, this is a democracy, I get to say... No, it isn't a democracy. It's an oligarchy and a select group of people 
decide, you know, and because it's an oligarchy, there is no redress. You know, you can live under delusion. Well, if we just elect the right people. No. Part of being in an oligarchy is if they allow you into the halls of power, you sign off on the agenda. And I keep trying to tell... (laughs) I was about ready to get uncharitable. I keep trying to tell people of the quote-unquote based in red pill set this, this very simple concept. Back and, and see, this is, this is where American historical ignorance plays to the advantage of the government. Way back in the mid-1800s, satirists, and for those of you who don't know what a satirist is, just think of Seth MacFarlane or, um, oh, I don't know, um, the Simpsons, although I really don't consider them satire, but just take them back to the mid-1800s, except instead of having little cartoon shows, they actually had to write their satire. And just what they were actually saying, they, they literally compared people in public offices to prostitutes. Now, see if you can follow this concept. If you have a set of principles, but you put aside those principles to quote-unquote help the people, you're prostituting yourself. Now, for you autists, you literal autists out there, well, wait a minute, one person is selling sex for money. These are not the same things. Bear with me. You can prostitute yourself without selling yourself for sex. Wow, what a concept. I know, it's deep, right? You can prostitute yourself without selling yourself for sex. Anytime you take a core principle and you put it aside for political... Honestly speaking, if you put aside who you are as a person for any reason... And this is where people get it twisted. They literally get it twisted. Um, you know, they be, the reason I'm saying they get it twisted is they rationalize. They rationalize. Well, I've got to make the money. I got to make the money. I got to support my family and my kids. I got to support myself. I have to have the shiny new toy. I have to have the McMansion. Whatever. If you're, if you're, if you are putting aside your core principles for whatever rationalization, and at the end of the day, that's all it is, is rationalization, you're prostituting yourself. And for you entrepreneurs out there who started off with your little business and you had core concepts and conceptions and you sold the business that you put your heart and mind, blood, sweat, and tears into to some soulless conglomeration so that you could get a hefty payday and walk away from that, That's prostituting too. 
Because you're literally selling something that you started off and you built with love and you're, you're selling it to some soulless conglomeration so that you can get a big payday. Anyhow, but these, these people whining and griping, they're, oh, they're covering me and they're giving people relief for their, for their uh, student loans. And these very same quote-unquote based in red pill conservatives would be the first one to whine and complain when they don't get a tax cut from the very same government that they were griping about how the government that gives the student loans out was giving other and they and and here's here's the part bottom line for those of you who may be regular listeners if you can't understand why there are times when i i literally sound like a um a drill sergeant, a basic training drill sergeant talking to a bunch of new recruits, or I shouldn't say talk to, yelling at, this is why. If you're sitting there whining and complaining on social media about what the government does with its own money, and you don't like the fact that... um, You don't like the fact that one group of people that the government decides to favor is getting something from the government and you're not getting the thing you want from that very same government and you are too stupid and too pig-headed to, to, to see the freaking um, hypocrisy in that. The only thing I can say is um, I, I'm not. I'm not going to apologize for sounding like a drill sergeant that that is yelling at a bunch of basic training recruits. Because guess what? Having been ex-military, that's a drill sergeant's job: is to take a bunch of clueless teenagers, teenage males, and reintroduce them. To the reality that is reality. And when you're dealing with a clueless, ignorant person, the best way to get through their their fog and their haze is to literally sound like drill uh Arlie Ermy or Drill Sergeant Hartman from Full Metal Jacket. And I just I want to give a very brief you know, uh, explanation. Some people may watch the beginning scene to Full Metal Jacket, the drill, uh, the basic training scene or the boot camp scene, and think, oh, that guy's just a sadist. He gets off on it. No, there is a purpose to that. You have to remember the context of the freaking movie, Vietnam. War going on. And I think in the case of Marines, they had anywhere from eight weeks to 16 weeks to take a bunch of 
clueless teenage civilian knuckleheads and to train them into the fact that they were about ready to get their, uh, their butts blown up. So being all sweet and gentle and all that garbage, yeah, that's not going to work. There was a purpose behind that, to shock them and ultimately to mold them into the, into the reality that they were going to go to a very, very bad place and see things that they had wished they had never seen and to have things happen to them that they'd wished they'd never been through. And you don't, you know, you don't have to like it. You don't get there by being the nice college professor. Well, you see, kids, what's going to happen is we're going to train you to shoot and we're going to get you in peak physical condition and we're going to send you into Southeast Asia where it's very hot and muggy and you're going to trudge for miles uh, through through jungles, and you're going to be booby-trapped, and you're going to be sniped. You're going to watch your buddy's brain explode. You're going to uh, get wounded in the most horrible ways. Uh, little kids with shoe shine boxes are going to blow you up because they're communists and think you are the devil. Yeah, that's wonderful. That's not going to prepare them. You know, They could get a nice dry college lecture. It ain't going to prepare them. Anyhow, there's a reason behind that. So I took a little longer than I should have. So part of character is, number one is doing the right thing even when nobody's watching. But number two, living what what your core value system is. That is part of character. Now, once again, I don't want to make it all about modern day society. I mean, maybe, just maybe, I might have to do an do an actual episode where I list the flaws, flaws and failings of modern day society. Honestly speaking, though, you know, people may think, oh, he's being egotistical. He keeps, he keeps sending us back to his original podcast. He's just doing it for the clicks. And if, you're, if you think that, you know, you're going to die in your ignorance and you deserve no better. The reason I keep telling people to go back to the original podcast is uh, it's not as if I haven't said this ad nauseum. A lot of the crap that I cover here in a very brief way, I've already covered more substantially in the original. This is not for my benefit. It's for yours. So you take it for what it's worth. But I've already covered the the failings, the flaws and the failings of modern day society. I've already covered it. And as, as my favorite expression is, ad nauseum. I've already covered it. Ad nauseum. 
And quite frankly, quite frankly, if you, if you even have a modicum, and when I say a modicum, modicum is a 10 cent word for the slightest, the slightest bit of wisdom. You should be able to see that our society and culture of today is a literal dumpster fire. A literal dumpster fire. Now, people being people, I'm not saying everybody should be able to see this. They're not. And once again, I'm not excluding myself uh, from that. I, I went through the 70s through, oh, I don't know. Um, the, around the 90s, I started getting what I said, a inkling that, wait a minute, society's going down the tubes. I got an inkling. And then once I got the inkling, all I had to do was follow the progression of society and culture after the presidency of Bill Clinton and onward to see that, okay, okay, yeah, our, our culture and society is on a downward trajectory. So, yes, we are literally, <laughs> we are literally, um, we're, we're, uh, there is a thing as a slippery slope. And by the way, for you 300 IQ takers, oh, there's no such thing as a slippery slope. That's a right-wing fallacy. Yeah, okay, buddy. Whatever helps you to sleep at night. The slippery slope is real. And by the way, you don't have to be a uh, political science major to see that it's true. Anybody who hasn't been sheltered from the consequences of their own stupidity will tell you that the slippery slope um, is real. Talk to any former drug addict. Talk to any former alcoholic. Talk to any former gang member, or for that matter, any former criminal, and they will tell you the slippery slope is real. But since modern society is hell-bent on protecting a certain class of people from the realities of their own stupidity, unfortunately, they're not going to realize that they've been believing a lie and they've been living a lie until it's too late. And when I say when it's too late, I literally mean when the, the things that have been shield, shielding you shielding you from the consequences of your own actions have been are are permanently removed permanently and that hard hard reality that is life smacks you in the face with a fist and by that point it is literally too late so I know this sounds rambled and disjointed. It, it, it isn't, though. It isn't. What I've been covering over almost an hour amount of time is the reason, once again, I've already covered this. But for the sake of people who may be new, 
You want to know why society sucks? You want to know why culture sucks? Because there is no character. There is no principles. And if you want to boil it down to a spiritual principle, society and culture suck, honestly speaking, because, and I'm not exempting myself from this, we suck. We suck. How many times have I told people ad nauseum, you want to reform culture and society, reform yourself. And I'm not going to indulge people who just want to sit and listen, who want to be entertained. You know, popular uh, right-wing YouTubers are popular because, and once again, this is human nature, it is, it, it, it's, it's funner to sit on your dead butt and listen to some guy that you like sit and spout off about, you know what's wrong with society A, B, and C. Okay, yeah, all right, you're telling me the obvious. What are we going to do about it? I'm not interested in hearing, well, you know, X, Y, and Z is wrong with society. Okay, what are we going to do about it? And I basically wrote off the American public when <laughs> they blatantly... And I don't care what you feel about Donald Trump as a person or a president. Good, bad, or indifferent. I don't care. They literally stole an election from him. And the collective attitude toward, it, toward the American public was a collective yawn. A collective, yeah, whatever. Once again, I can't take people seriously... If they're not going to be serious. If the American people had been serious. An election being. And by the way. You can, you can rationalize it. When there's videotaped evidence. When there's audio evidence. And all you could do is rationalize it away. Because to actually pick, pick up torches and pitchforks. Well, that would require work. That would require discomfort. Yeah, I can't take you seriously. I just can't. I've never taken people seriously who do not back up their words with actions. You want to be taken seriously? Live what you believe. Which is why I said earlier in the episode, um, I, um, I'm not here for entertainment purposes. Especially on the topic I'm covering, because I'm literally talking about eternity, heaven and hell. And if you don't believe that God is not an abstraction and 
I'm sorry, if you believe that God and Satan are abstractions and heaven and hell aren't real, you're wasting your time listening to me. If you can't even make, if you don't have the wisdom to even have the slightest understanding, you know, that what I'm talking about is real, you're just wasting your own time. And, and when I say by wasting your own time, I'm being serious. Because as I've, I never get tired of saying, um, politics is a distraction. Because the only thing that should matter is heaven and hell. But if you can't even take something as unserious as politics and actually do something when a blatant injustice is being done to you, I can't take you seriously. Like I said, politics doesn't matter. But if you can't get off your dead butt and, and do something when the forces that are controlling our nation are showing you so, such contempt that they're giving you blatant evidence of what they're doing and they're doing it for the for the purpose that they know that you are lazy and indifferent and you're going to sit on your butt and do nothing you know i can't i um Like I said, if you're not going to do if you're not going to do anything in something that doesn't count, then you're not going to do something that does count, that does matter. And quite frankly, it is harder to to turn your will over to God than anything that you are going to do in secular life. And for you people with a secular outlook, that thing, well, it's, it's, it's harder to start a successful business. It's harder to improve your economic situation. It's hot. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. And I'm speaking from personal experience. And no, I'm going to be honest and upfront. I've never started my own successful business. And I've never, you know... Um, I, in material terms, I would be considered a flat failure, but I would flat tell you turning your will completely over to Lord Jesus Christ and his blessed mother is much harder than any of that garbage because at the core, what you are actually doing is you are turning your selfishness and you're rejecting it and you're serving a higher purpose than yourself, a, 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 a higher person, no less. Because God is a person. And, you know, 
This is human nature. The reason we treat God as more of an it than a he is because we cannot see God. We can't touch, feel, and taste his presence. Anything that we as limited human beings cannot do that with, we tend to treat as abstractions. But there's a reason why Jesus in his uh, gospel said, blessed is he, I think he was saying this to St. Thomas, or who is known as Doubting Thomas, as he said, blessed is he who has seen and heard from the Son of Man. But blessed, even more blessed is he who has not seen and who has not heard, but still believes in the Son of Man. Something along those lines. And once again, there's a reason I keep hammering on the surface to get crude, the basic bitch takes that you get in modern society. Because it's all, it's all substance. I'm sorry, it's all, uh, not substance, it's all uh, surface. If a person is materially successful, we take these people more seriously, no matter how big of a... Uh, personal failure and when I say personal failure I'm talking about that they they have absolutely no character there there's you, you know if these people weren't who they were you wouldn't leave them with your with your teenage children you know if, if they weren't you know massively materially successful You know, because we take these shallow surface views, you know, the, the only way that we as society, society take people seriously is if they hold the title, let's just say, oh, I don't know, bishop or priest, in the case of set of a contest, or in the case of the seculars, well, this podcaster has... Half a million, uh, half a million followers, uh, movie stars, politicians, college professors, book authors. You know, if if it's just an average, ordinary day person, no matter what kind of decent human being that they may be, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm talking, it could be a distant relative, it could be a neighbor. No matter what kind of decent human being they are, and when I say decent, I mean decent. They lead a decent life, a decent example. But we don't take them seriously because, well, you know, my neighbor Joe, yeah, he's a pretty smart guy, but, and I, I, make, I make 200K a year, and, you know, Joe there only makes 50k and you know he, uh, he 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 drives an old beater. You keep living that self uh that uh shallow 
shallow narcissistic viewpoint. Uh, and let me know, let me know how, how that turns out for you in a few years. Just let me know. I'll be interested. I really will. But when I say turn your self-will over to a God that, you know, and I, I don't, honestly, you know, well, if I can't see him, if I can't touch him, I ain't going to believe in him. Yeah, okay, whatever. And when he actually does come, do you think that, you know, oh, he exists, he's real. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Do you, really? Do you, do you really think he's going to cut you slack? If you're dumb enough to believe that, you deserve what you get, quite frankly. <laughs> Anyhow. From a materialistic standpoint, I would never claim that from a materialistic standpoint to actually understand what it means from a materialistic standpoint. However, from a self-will standpoint, I very much, I very much can, can talk from this standpoint. Because ever since I left the military and more or less had free reign over my life to do with what I wanted, how I wanted, that is how I led my life. I did what I want, when I want. And quite frankly, on some of the jobs I've had, I would do, it, it, as, as far as, um, not the actual job itself, but showing the proper respect and stuff and the proper courtesy, on some jobs, if I knew I could get away with it, I showed the barest minimum. So, for me, and I suspect God, you know, God takes whatever our weakest points are and he uses that in order to beat us into humility. Well, for me, it was my own self-will. I, I, actually, for all human beings, it's our own self-will. But in my case, it was literally my self-will because... Let's see, I got out of the army, I was 21. We're, we're, we're looking at um, 23 years, minimum. Or, I'm sorry, 23? Maybe, yeah, 23. Um, of basically doing what I wanted, when I wanted. And then to try... To submit myself, not just submit myself, mind you, but the stuff that I like doing to give it up voluntarily. And there is, I will absolutely tell you, giving something up voluntarily is a lot harder than saying being locked away in prison and having your booze and your tobacco cut off, amongst other things. Anyhow, it looks like I'm going, 
I'm, it looks like I'm going, I'm, I'm going into like an hour and 15 minute territory. So I need to wrap this up. Um, the, the only thing I can say, you know, and if you're new, take what I just said for what it's worth. If you are, if you happen to be a regular listener, everything I've just said, you know, um, I've already said it. I've already said it in one form or another. St. Longinus' baptism, like I said, runs at 140. This will be number 18. So we're looking close to 160 episodes. So I hope and pray, I really do, for your sake, that you get something out of this. I really do. Because you, once again, take this for what it's worth. I'm not doing this for um, my, you know, um, for my own glorification, for my self-gratification. I, I, am, I am doing this because... People are sleepwalking and they're about ready to go off a, of, of a cliff. So take it for what it's worth. Man, this, this did go long. Um, if you gave me a, an hour 15 of your time, I really do appreciate it. I really do. Thank you. And once again, I don't, you know, what, what you feel... Uh, about me personally doesn't matter. If you listened, I thank you. Um, I do care about you. Even when it seems like um, I'm, I'm literally acting like a berserker, a verbal berserker, I'm, I'm not doing it out of sadism. I'm not doing it because I get some sort of twisted kicks I'm doing it because I care about you enough that's one other thing I just need to make this brief a lot of people think and once again I was guilty of this at one time that if somebody literally has to yell in your face and shake you that somehow that this means that they hate your guts or that they don't care about you no no, I know it seems counterintuitive, but sometimes a person will yell and shake a person who is in danger. So when I act that way, it's not, you know, some sort of self-centered kick I'm getting. It's not some uh, twisted, twisted little uh, desire of mine. It's because I care enough about you that I'm trying to get through to you. You take that for what it's worth. But I am praying for all of you. And I do want to see as many people get to heaven as possible. So, thank you for listening at an hour and 17 minutes. Thank you for listening. God bless you. Oh, and thank you for giving me your time. This, this did run long.
Thank you for giving me your time. God bless you. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Now you will receive us. Would you not ask for your poor or your hungry? We do not want your tired and sick. It is your corrupt we claim. It is your evil that will be sought by us. With every breath, we shall hunt them down. Each day, we will spill their blood till it rains down from the skies. Do not kill. Do not rape. Do not steal. These are principles which every man of every faith can embrace. These are not polite suggestions. These are codes of behavior. And those of you that ignore them will pay the dearest cost. There are varying degrees of evil. We are due lesser forms of filth, not to push the bounds and cross over.